Good morning. Everybody is awake and alive and great this morning, right? Sure. All right. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> oh, you stand with us this morning. Father, we are so thankful. So thankful for your son. We come here today and we thank you, Lord, that you love us so much that you gave your son to die for us. And we are thankful that he is alive today. Amen. Amen. He is alive. Praise your name. Hallelujah. All right. Go ahead, Liam.
Father. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
just going to pause a minute. Sometimes it feels like we're just stuck on a train going so fast we can't stop it. Father, I pray for impossible things this morning. Just like what you did when your power raised Jesus from the dead. are stuck in what we can see and what we can understand, but you're not. You're not stuck in any time. You're not stuck in any space. You're not limited by anything, Father. Not by anything. And so when those people went to the tomb that day, when those women went to the tomb that day to look for Jesus, to do what they have always done for those that they love, he was gone gone. And that is your power at work, Father. That is your power at work. Lord, I just pray impossible things, Father, in our world today. I pray these impossible things, Father, in those that we love. Lord, I pray for every single person who has ever heard the story, who has ever heard the story of Jesus' birth, who has ever heard the story of Jesus' life, who has ever heard the story of Jesus' death and of his resurrection, and who have decided to walk away. That every single one of them today, today, would be well aware and that every piece of that story would fit together like a puzzle and they would not be seeing it like something that they would read on a page or see in a movie as something that is fake, something that is made up. But they would see, Father, that this is a gift to them. A gift. Life eternal. And not after we die only, but life here on earth. Father, the realization that you said in this world you will have trouble. It will be difficult, but don't worry about it. I have overcome the world. Mother, Father, I just pray for things that I can't even picture and I can't even fathom that you will do the miraculous today. That you will do the miraculous today in the lives of people that have heard and have decided not to follow Jesus, that they will decide today to follow Jesus, no turning back. And not halfway, Father, but all the way. Everything in. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Oh, you're so good, Father. We choose today to follow you. We choose no turning back. And Lord, you deserve our praise and our worship. You deserve everything that we can give you, all of our energy and our strength. Thank you, almighty God. Give us faith to pray the impossible things, to pray prayers that we can't fathom, to leave messes in your hands and let you fix them and not tell you how to do it because you've got a better plan than we do. We're so grateful, so grateful. Praise your name.
worship you and you alone this morning. We thank you that your presence is real. It's alive and active in us. Lord, help our ears to hear and our minds to be sharp and not distracted this morning to hear exactly what your Holy Spirit is saying to us today. And may we not just hear, Father, but help our feet to be obedient to what you tell us to do. Our feet, our hands, our mouths. Father, that we would be your servants, that we would obey. Lord, you have given us so much 
And right now we should be on our faces in front of you. So very, very grateful for all that you have done. It is not a little bit, God. It is a lot. And you have forgiven so much in me. So much. Then how can I not be grateful? Then how can I not lift my voice to you? And how can I not tell others about you? And how can I not be obedient to you? I want to. I want to. That one day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, that one day when we face you, just us, face to face, alone, and sometimes we are so harsh to say that those that chose not to follow you, that you will just heartlessly say, go away, I don't know you. But you won't. You will say it with tears running down your face. Turn, go away, I don't know you. And you will weep. And that is why you say, one more day, one more day, because I want everyone to have a chance to know my son. Everyone to know my son. And that is why you say, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every nation. Because you want everyone, not one lost, but all to be with you. Because you love us so very much. I can't fathom it, but it is true. You love us so very much. So, Father, I stand here in total awe of you and gratefulness in my heart because of all that you have given me. Truly, God, help me to be obedient. Thank you, Father. Amen. 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 You may have a seat. Uh, if you are joining us online today, we are glad that you could join us. We don't do typically a Facebook Live, but uh, today I felt like it was the right day to do that and have you join us together live, as I realize some still are not able to join us in person yet. And so we want to make sure that you are with us. And so today we have a, a definite special day today. Uh, kids, if you want to head on downstairs, uh, we got a lot of stuff ready for you. And so I don't want to keep you any longer than we need to. So if you are in preschool all the way up through till fifth grade, we have a wonderful service for you guys. And I uh, was so excited. I wish I was down there. There's so many years that I was down there with the extreme kids and, uh, and I missed it because man, those kids have so much energy, especially on Easter. It's so much fun. So uh, uh, just one quick announcement before we get into the service. So if I could have you guys come on up, uh, my family is going to be sharing today with us. And so, uh, I, you know, you, you read the same story every year and sometimes we need to uh, get a little jolt about this story. And so we're going to change things up a little bit. Um, but just one quick announcement as they're getting themselves set and ready. Uh, this Thursday at six o'clock, we have our connect group that meets right here and in our sanctuary. We usually gather around a, a table. And so we have about an hour where we just go through a book of the Bible. Uh, this week, however, I'm going to change things up a little bit. Uh, we're going to have a discussion about uh, what our plans are for this summer. I want to keep meeting as a connect group over the summer, uh, but obviously probably not going to want to hang out inside of a sanctuary when it's 70 degrees out. So we're going to talk about um, what we can do. We'll just have some discussion time, some connection time, because that's what this group is all about. It's about, of course, reading God's word together, but it's also about connecting to each other and growing together as a family, because 
as I always say, we are a family. We are the Nexus Church family, and so uh, we're here for each other. And so that's out there for you if you want to uh, be a part of that and you have some thoughts about what you would like in our Connect group, um, even how often we meet. Uh, we want to have that discussion this Thursday at 6 o'clock, and so uh, please join us, if you will. I think I've stalled long enough. You guys are ready. So today we're going to be reading from... The book of, good, it's up there, the book of Mark, Mark chapter 15 and 16. I suggest you don't follow along in the Bibles on the chairs um, or on the tables, partly because we're reading from a different translation. Uh, I like to switch this up every once in a while, and so when we're typically reading a long passage and we're having conversation around it, I like to look at it from a different translation, um, one that might add a little flavor to it, might change things up. So today, if you are following along from the Bibles on the tables, uh, it'll be a little bit different. We're li- reading from the New Living Translation today, and so uh, if you just, I, I really encourage you... Um, Maybe to close your eyes or to envision yourself there today. Uh, I really am hoping that as we read this passage that, that you can put yourself there. Now, if you know the story, of course, we've celebrated it through Monday, Thursday. We've celebrated uh, Good Friday. And so we're going to compact Monday, Thursday, all the way through Sunday morning, Resurrection Sunday, in the time of Jesus' death burial and resurrection. So we're going to pack it all into one, but I want you to put yourself in that place. If you were a fly on the wall, maybe, and and really dig your heels in and put yourself there with Jesus as we read this today. Liam, could you start us? You might want to adjust your mic there because otherwise we won't be able to hear you. There you go. John? Yep, it's on. And Ryan can turn you up if he needs to. But speak into it, please. There you go. There you go. Very early in the morning, the leading priests and the elders and the teachers of the religious law, the entire high council, met to discuss their next step. They bound Jesus, led him away, and took him to Plate, the Roman governor. Plate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, You have said it. Then the leading priest kept accusing him of many crimes. And Palite asked him, Aren't you going to answer them? What about all these charges that they are bringing against you? But Jesus said nothing, much to his surprise. Now it is the gut. Now it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner, anyone the people requested. One of the prisoners at the time was Barabbas, a revolutionary who had had committed a murder in an uprising. The crowd went to Palais and asked him to release the prisoner, as usual. Would you like me to release the king of the Jews? Palai asked, for he realized by now that the leading priest had arrested Jesus out of envy. But at this, but, but at this point, the leading priest stirred up the crowd to demand they release Barabbas instead of Jesus. Palai asked them, "Then what should I do with this man you call the king of the Jews?" They shouted back, "Crucify him!" Why? Palai demanded. What crime has he committed? 
but the mob roared even louder, crucify him. So to pacify the crowd, Halite released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus, logged with a lead-tipped whip, then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. The soldiers took Jesus into the courtyard of the governor's headquarters and called out the entire regiment. They dressed him in purple robe and they wove him a thorn's branches into a crown and put it on his head. Then they saluted him and, and taunted, Hail, Hail, King of the Jews! And they struck him on the head with a reed stick. They split him, they spit on him and dropped their, their knee on their knees to mock worship, in mock worship. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took the purple robe off and put their, his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. Jesus was so innocent. Even the most evil ruler knew it. He knew it. But yet nothing was going to stop our enemy from having his way. But little did the enemy know that this was part of God's plan for redemption. Only a perfect sacrifice could pay for the penalty of our sins. The Crucifixion. A passerby named Simon, who was from Cyrene, was coming in from the countryside just then, and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. And they brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha, they offered him wine, drugged with myrrh, but he refused it. Then the soldiers nailed him to the cross. They divided his clothes and threw dice to decide who would get each piece. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. A sign announced the charge against him. It read, the king of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Ha, look at him now. They yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well, then save yourself and come down from that cross. The leading priests and teachers of the religious law also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down from the cross so we can see it and believe him. Even the men who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed him. So Jesus was rejected and mocked. He was denied by his followers. He was beaten. And was about to encounter something he never experienced before. Katie, could you come back up? At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Then at three o'clock, Jesus called out in a loud voice. Eloi, I don't know how to pronounce the rest of this. I'm sorry. Um, but it means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. 
One, man, one of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it, up on, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. Wait, he said, let's see whether Elijah comes to take him down. Then Jesus uttered, uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died, he exclaimed, this man truly was the Son of God. I've often thought long and hard about that statement. He encountered separation from the Father, something he had never experienced before. But it didn't last long because in that instant of the Father turning his face away and and Jesus encountering that wrath of God that we call it, that that. That separation, that that inability to be in the presence of God. And in that moment, the the temple and the curtain tore from top to bottom, from heaven to earth, signifying that, that Jesus in that moment had the power to break that separation that was between us and the Father. We we read this morning in our our daily devotion from Leviticus and and as I read that, the amount of work that went into making yourself pure in the eyes of God so you could be in his presence, so you could be one of his, his, his child, it, it, it was almost impossible, the amount of work that they had to do. And in that instant, Jesus took care of it for all of eternity. We can now be in the presence of God. We have access for all eternity. But this is where the story gets even better. This all happened on Friday, the day of preparation, the day before the Sabbath. As evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea took a risk and went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate couldn't believe that Jesus was already dead, so he called for the Roman officer and asked if he had died yet. The officer confirmed that Jesus was dead. and So Pilate told Joseph that he could have the body. Joseph brought a long sheet of linen cloth. Then he took Jesus' body down from the cross, wrapped it in cloth, laid it in the tomb that had carved out a rock. Then he rolled a stone in front of the entrance. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where Jesus' body was laid. And with that, the day we call Good Friday, which definitely wasn't all that good for Jesus, it came to an end. And another day that I've long thought about came next, Saturday. The day of silence. The day we don't read anything of. What were people thinking? Was it back to life as normal? Like, were they back fishing? Were they, were they back to business? I mean, of course, this was Passover. This was the day that, that the Jews celebrated Israel being freed from Egypt and slavery, right? What were people thinking? What, what was going on? What, what, what were the wicked authorities or the religious elite? What were they doing after they murdered a man who was innocent and they knew it? What was going on in their minds? What was going on in, in Jesus' disciples? Like, 
pretty sure everybody in here has lost a loved one in their life. And maybe you've lost one that you were really, really close to. And, and the next day, you just don't get over it. Like Jesus was, was their everything. He was the Messiah who was going to be the one that frees them from, from Rome. They saw him do so much. Heal people. Set people free from spiritual affliction. Fed multitudes, thousands of people. And he was gone. You just don't get over that in a day. They were probably in absolute fear. Because if they took Jesus, who was next? Right? There was fear. There was sadness. There was confusion. There was so many emotions going on. How could they miss it, though? How could everyone there miss it? The fact that Jesus was was just fulfilling what we see in the Old Testament over and over again. And it went back to exactly what they were celebrating, their freedom, their freedom from oppression. Now, this time, it wasn't slavery in some foreign land that they were being freed from. They were being freed from their sin. The day of rest, the day of silence was about to get pretty exciting. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb. But as they arrived, they looked up and saw the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in white a white robe on the right sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who is crucified. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go, tell his disciples, including Peter that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You'll see him there, just as he told you before he died. So Jesus lived a perfect, pure life. Yet he received the penalty for your sin, for my sin. This is a story we hear every year, and it's so easy to listen. It, it almost just passes right over us. The depth of it, the power of it. But we, we have the ability to have a relationship with the Father in heaven. Not just here on earth, but for all of eternity. And I want you to get that today. That, that reality, that understanding should radically change you. Should radically change me. No matter what you are going through, what happens in this world, we, we don't live the same anymore. Jesus died, but he rose from the grave. He has given us the ability to be free. But I want you to just take a moment to understand you have the ability. It's not 
It's not an automatic Jesus died. He rose from the grave. He conquered sin. He conquered death. He gives us access to the Father. It, it just, it did just happen, but it's something that we must receive. And that's something that, that I feel so many in our society miss today, that, that it's just an automatic. We just, we just happen to by like osmosis or something, like it just, it just happens. We don't have to do anything. Well, we do. We have to truly believe that Jesus was God and that Jesus really did live a perfect life on earth as a human, that he perfectly took our place and received the wrath of God that we deserve, that, that there was nothing we could do to enter into that temple of God, to that presence of God where he was, that when that, te- that, that, curtain was torn in two that jesus actually gives us that access we have to believe that we have to receive it we have to receive that gift that jesus gave and if you don't do that you won't be in the presence of god for all of eternity you won't be in the presence of god today you have to receive that gift you have to and it's simply Asking him, will you forgive me of my sins? I want to live for you. I don't know what that means because you don't understand all of what God has for you. But I want to make that effort to receive the gift and go forward in living for you. And so whether you are here in person in our sanctuary today or if you're online, if you haven't done that, it's simply asking him to come into your life and And I want to lead us all in a prayer today. I want everybody just to close their eyes and bow their heads if they're in the sanctuary. And if you're online with us, just pray this prayer with me. And if you have done that for the first time, if you're today receiving Jesus and you're saying this prayer for the first time, I'd love to have a conversation with you so that we as a church can help you in your walk together with Jesus. And if you're online, just simply message us and I'll get back to you. So if you would repeat after me, Jesus, I admit I've done things that keep me from you. I believe that you died so that I could be with you forever. I ask that you forgive me of the wrong things I've done and help me to live for you. I give you my life. I want to be a follower. In Jesus' name. Amen. Again, if that's you today, let's have a conversation online, in person. Because you need the next step. You need people in your life who will help you in that walk. Don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. That's what Jesus did for you did for me gave us access to the father and now that you have that access to the father whether you did that today or you did that 50 years ago today we're going to take a moment and we're going to take communion together we're going to do what one of the things that jesus commands us to do in the bible and that is to take communion by taking the body that was broken for us so that we didn't have to experience the wrath that that we could have that access to the Father at any time and that blood that we represent with wine that Jesus shed for us so that now when Jesus or when the Father looks at us, all he sees is Jesus. We're going to take that together today. And so I'm going to read just the scripture that we bring this out from in 
1 Corinthians 11. Then we'll have the music playing. And as you feel led and as you feel comfortable, we'll have the song playing for a while. And, and just take that communion. Take that time to remember what Jesus has done for you. And here's a beautiful thing. Wherever you're at, Jesus will meet you there. If you're struggling today, Jesus will meet you there. If you're having a great day, Jesus will meet you there. He loves you. If he was willing enough to be rejected by his best friends, if he was willing enough to be beaten and and take all the spitting and the wrath of the people of earth for you, if he was willing to be rejected by the Father, something we can't even begin to fathom what that experience must have been like. If he was willing to do that for you, he will take you exactly where you're at today. And so come, take this time, remember what he's done for you, and experience that freedom that he has for you today. I will read from 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 26, and then we'll have the music playing. And it says, this is Paul writing to his followers in Corinth. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. And he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then in the same way, he took the cup cup of wine after supper and he said, this cup is a new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed by my blood. There's power there. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. And so, Father, as we come together today and we, we remember this, this amazing gift that you gave, as we celebrate this freedom, this slavery that we were under, under the sin that we were in, God, you freed us from that so that we can have now access to the Father. We, we want to thank you. And we want to give you all the glory that you deserve. And so we do this as an act of obedience, out of an act of worship, and out of an act of a thankful heart today, we remember your body and your blood. In Jesus' name, amen.
as we close our time together and um, just go out of here in a spirit of rejoicing, I guess. I, that's really what I want to leave you with. But before we get to that, uh, I'm just, today is just, it's one of those days you just want everybody to walk out of here really enthused, excited. You see, we oh man, we've just, we've been through a hard season, right? Like, I just was thinking this morning, like, last year Easter was not very happy. <laughs> Preaching to an empty church on Easter morning is not fun. Leading worship on Easter morning is really not what it's called to be. Like, we are called to be in a group, right? And so I'm just, I want you guys to be so excited. But I also want to leave you with this thought because the very next thing we read in Mark 16, we have a little discrepancy on what happens next. But then in Mark 16, 12, as Jesus comes back and and he talks to his followers, right? He rose from the grave. He revealed himself. And then there was some some sightings of him, I guess you could say. And And then we come to Mark 16, verse 12. And, he, and we read, afterward he appeared in a different form to two of his followers who were walking from Jerusalem into the country. They rushed back to tell the others, but no one believed them. In fact, these guys didn't believe them, right? Like, they, they were walking with Jesus on the road to Emmaus, and they had this conversation going. And they're like, oh, this guy, he's got, he, he's, he knows his stuff, right? And so, like... All these people keep saying, hey, we've seen Jesus. We say, you might have like a little clue, but they didn't. And so then they go back, they tell the disciples, hey, we saw Jesus. He was walking with us. He was talking to us. We brought him to our house. He broke bread and it was like, poof, he was gone. But then we realized it was Jesus. And so they go and tell this to the disciples and they were doubting. And so then we read in verse 14. Still later, he appeared to the 11 disciples as they were eating together. He rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they refused to believe those who had seen him after he'd been raised from the dead. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. That was his final words to his disciples. Now, of course, we can fast forward and Acts 1, 8, and what does he say there? He says, I'm going to give you power. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. See, titled this message today, Saved to Save. I trust every person in this room and many of you online who are watching, you're saved. That old word. It's been around for a long time. You're saved. So we come on Easter and we celebrate the resurrection. But it's it's powerful, yes. But it's not meant for just you. You see, I want you to walk out of here today full of joy. Why? Because I want you to give that to others. It's not meant for you to keep to yourself. If that was the case, say this all the time. If that was the case, Jesus would have taken you up to heaven the moment you believed. 
You have a purpose on earth to tell other people about Jesus. That was his final command. Go and tell the world the good news. Because without that good news, the alternative is nothing we want for anyone, even our worst enemy. And so today, I agree, your family, your friends are important. Your job is important. Your hobbies are important. But Jesus, there is nothing more important than that empty tomb. Nothing. Nothing. And so telling others about Jesus is the greatest way you can show Jesus you appreciate him for what he's done for you, that you love him, that he matters. And so today, I want you to shout that out. We're going to sing one more song. The worship team is going to come and lead us. This is a day of celebration. Jesus has risen from the grave, and you have a job to do. Go tell others. Go tell others. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't keep it to yourself. He is good. Would you stand and join us as we close this down? Father, I pray that you would just, oh God, pour out that joy that those disciples must have felt when they finally got it. When they're like, he really did rise from the dead. He really did do exactly what he said he was going to do. This is real. And when you fill them with the power of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, Father, I want your people today to be filled with your spirit, to go out of here full of life, God. I know and I understand many of us have went through a very hard season, God. Some maybe more than others, but God, we've all been in the same predicament. The world is not the same anymore. But Father, we don't live in this world. We live in a different world, a kingdom of God world, and we need to rise above what's going on around us and be the light of Jesus. We need to bring Jesus to this world, Father. Oh, Father, go with your people today. Empower them. Give them life. Give them light. Give them your Holy Spirit.